That's the dude. How you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's a uh, gray and rainy day again here in the heart of uh, Freight Alley, and it's all Nick Austin's fault. It is Nick Austin's That's fault. You I'm sound a little there. despondent. Can you bring up the energy? I got a whole bottle of honey over there. I'll bring her over to you. I got to tell you, today, hey, hey today's Gene Wilder's birthday. Gene it Wilder. Is. He's in one of my favorite movies of all time. By the way, Rip Gene Wilder. He's in Willy Wonka yes. in the Chocolate Factory. I believe it's called Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I think the awful Johnny Depp one was called Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Yes. But we had our own uh, golden ticket moment. Our friend Sherman Barnes came down here he on did. Monday. He visited Freight Alley. You may not have heard. We've opened up the <laughs> doors here again. You know, you got to be invited, obviously. But we're bringing guests back in studio, uh, visitors to come in. But uh, one thing about Sherman is he drank the fizzy lifting drink, and uh, he wasn't able to burp. So sorry, Sherman. We might not be <laughs> yes. seeing him around much longer. Hey, at least we didn't have to send him off to the juicing room with the Oompa Loompas, right? No. <laughs> we didn't have to roll him down. A, that would have been really hey, bad. If you could win a golden ticket to one place... This applies to you in the audience as well. You could go. You could go to one place. You have an invite to anywhere. Where would you go? Uh, well, besides F three, because I don't need the golden ticket. I'm going to be there, right? Yeah. And you all should be there as well. And it would be a golden ticket. I'd go to the International Bowling Hall of Fame in uh, Austin, Texas, man. Oh, you're that into bowling? Oh man, I love it, man. Pete the Machine Weber. Yeah, he's the goat, greatest hey, you, of all time. You know where we may have a golden ticket too for Freightways Insiders? It's interviewing founder and CEO of Hylion, Thomas Healy. Oh, the way Hylion. Portman 2 of hybrid lithium ion. Did you know that? Yeah, no. Hylion. Yeah. So, I gotta, say, but I, I, when I was interviewing him, he invited us to come down to Hylion and maybe do a live What the Truck from there. Would you guys like that? That'd be cool. We'll jump okay. in a hyper truck ERX and uh, take it around the track. I'll go there right now. Let's go. Be a good yeah, time. I love it. I well, love it. all of you, if you want to come down to Freight Alley, you want a golden ticket, you want to end up on this show in person, you're in the Chattanooga area, you're coming to the Chattanooga area. Let us know. You can email me, tduner, D-O-O-N-E-R, at FreightWaves.com. And uh, be happy to get you on the show. Uh, all the shows here looking FreightWaves now every morning as well. Michael That's right. Vincent, you can reach out to him. What's your uh, contact? Absolutely. Uh, just mvincent at FreightWaves.com, man. Reach Beautiful out to me. Stuff. Or mvincent, reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn as well. Hey, I'm excited we'll about today's show. It's the Empower mm-hmm. Hour, talking to two super strong African-American women who are crushing the game right now. One is an author and an owner-operator. The other one who made a pandemic pivot to form a 3PL Allegiance Logistics. That's right. We're going to have uh, Allegiant Logistics. We're going to have the CEO, right. Shay Dixon, on here. She's going to be talking about building a minority women-owned and led 3PL in the ATL. We've got owner-operator Lakeisha Martin. She's joining us to talk about self-defense for truckers and her her method. It's a personal protection guide for truck drivers. Plus, she's also getting that dieting game. And trucker Nate Lewis, he's going to play it forward for us uh, with an original country jam. But before we get there, let's tip the band. This episode is brought to you by Legend Transportation, which has been establishing partnerships throughout standing customer service since 2007. Learn more at Tell Them, dude. Oh, man. Go to new legendinc.com immediately after the show. Headlines. All right. Connecticut to enact highway fee for trucks. Talking about getting 
beat up. And if you've ever driven through Connecticut, you know, you take a beating every time you go to the pump. They got like the highest gas taxes in the country. It's very there. high. Yeah, I think they're like second only to Rhode Island. It's brutal, man. Every yeah. mass hole and every New Yorker knows uh, not to get gas in Connecticut. We, we go around <laughs> it, but your truck driver, that's not going to be so mm. easy because it's a pretty central artery to getting to mm. New England through New York a, and the Bodge. Tough stuff. Yeah, you need a botch. All right, when John Gallagher reports, Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, not a Simpsons character, is expected to sign a bill passed this week by state lawmakers that, beginning January 2023, a little time to save up, will impose a tax of up to 17 and a half cents per mile on heavy-duty trucks that use Connecticut's roadways. The tax, which includes trucks, would be required to pay in addition to federal fuel taxes. It's estimated to generate $45 million in revenue for fiscal year 23 and $90 million in annually thereafter that would go towards repairing roads and bridges. There you go. State Representative Roland Lamar, a Democrat, said this small fee, small fee on large tractor trailers that are doing 20,000 times the amount of damage as a passenger vehicle is a responsible way to address part of that crisis. Most Republicans in the legislature opposed the bill. No shock there. I think it's going to raise cost the cost of uh, on food and things like heating oil, clothing, gasoline. And I just think it's a trickle-down tax that's very a, a regressive, yeah. Carney said. Aggressive and regressive, yes. right? Yeah. Scully said state lawmakers that have admitted to the program would be administered using an honor system, and it would not be a priority for roadside law enforcement. So slightly good news, a soft enforcement. Uh, they said, I told every member of the legislature that 20 states have tried it and gave up because they couldn't make it work. So many times things in government go through and they're like, this won't work. Hey, let's do it anyway. No, let's just try it again. It'll work this time. Let's hear from Governor <laughs> Lamont. This video has made a lot of drivers upset, and uh, I think you might understand why after you watch this. Let's roll the tape. And I was, you know, struck by the you know, comment by those you know, truckers lobbyists who said, uh, watch out. Um, a lot of big track and trailer trucks uh, may avoid your highway user fee and end run Connecticut. Well, that's not so bad either. We have a little less traffic on the road, a little less asthma for the people who live along the road. And we'll still have the resources we need to make investments we got to. Wow. Well, you know, strong words out of governor there. I, he, uh, does yeah. he not know how logistics and trucking works, though? I, I don't know that he does. I don't I don't know that there is endearing himself to a lot of truckers right it now. It started a lot of debate <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, Amir Hajj Akabare, he said, that's an empty threat. There is no affordable alternative to I-95. They'll have to pay way more for fuel if they somehow want to avoid it. Now, that's true. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you have to create antagonistic laws against drivers. Uh, that darn yeah. shrink says truckers have to pay tolls in other states. Does the trucking lobby realize they'll likely spend more in tolls and fuel costs for extra miles going around Connecticut to make their point? This is what my late mother used to refer to as cutting off your nose to spite your face. I, uh, yeah. Joe R., huge trucks avoiding our state. Awesome. Uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> what about that whole toilet paper crisis? Trucking across America with the Schmitz, they say, well, where will you get your stuff? Like toilet paper, they are a group of team truckers. And I think yeah, and, 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 yeah, and that's exactly. I don't know if Joe R. had his sarcasm light on or not. I'm not sure. I, I think not. I think that was serious. And I mean, you think the, so? Maybe he was, I guess. I don't know. I, you know, I looked up the 20,000 times. Yeah. In Michigan State, there is a formula. It's more like about 2,800 times more damage. There is a but, huge, anyway. huge like disconnect between the normies out there and people who kind of understand what trucks do. They yeah. just see them as this big nu nuisance and burden. And they thought the toilet paper thing, when they couldn't wipe their, you know, when they couldn't wipe their collective asses, may have woken their minds 
hands up, but apparently it's funny how fast we forget. It seemed like last year everybody learned just how important uh, these heroes of the road are, yeah. and I don't say that lightly. They are heroes of the road, and it looks like we forgot. Hey, my in laws live in Connecticut. Connecticut, get your stuff together. When I go visit, I'm gonna, you know, need to take care of myself. Yeah, All right. Yellow, yellow, they're here again. They've def- they defend the transparency of their CARES loan act, so they're firing back the story we talked about earlier there in the week. Go. Well, John Gallagher, he's back again with another story. He reports that Yellow Corp CEO Darren Hawkins is on the offensive, and he's confident he can show lawmakers that his company's $700 million CARES Act loan being scrutinized in that new congressional probe is in full compliance with the loan terms. In fact, Hawkins stated in a letter, excerpts of which were obtained by freight waves, he says this, and I quote, please be assured with respect to your question regarding our eligibility for and use of the funds that the subcommittee's inquiry in Yellow Corporation's documents will conclusively confirm that the information the company provided in applying for the loan was completely accurate and the use of the loan funds were and are completely appropriate, transparent, and in full compliance with loan agreements. Yeah, a major source of controversy about the loan, which has been under investigation since shortly after it was approved last year, has been questions around uh, whether Yellow's LTL contract the U.S. Department of Defense controlled enough shipment volume, right? It's that 68%. Yellow has asserted that the DOD's certification that Yellow provides 68% of LTL services to the departments is accurate and that the lower estimate of between 20 and 40% provided by Crowley Logistics that subcontracts to them is not accurate. Yeah, so there. So one of the issues here is what Crowley had said about yellow, and it's yes. caused this this drama here that's going on. And Hawkins, he went on to say, to put it another way, our contract with Cal, or Crowley accounts for only one out of every four shipments that we carried for the DOD. So what do they know? Yeah, what do they know? We we yeah, they're saying we haul all their stuff that we get directly from the DOD, not just from Crowley. So yeah. what he said, know? she said, we'll find out where that falls in the middle eventually. Uh, later in the month, that's picking back up. This is a quick one. Go read Lori Ann LaRocco's report online. But good news: proposal submitted to address o- ocean shipping crisis. You're all paying. You're all paying at the ports on this one. Mm, so just days yeah. before a critical hearing before the subcommittee on Coast Guard and maritime transportation uh, is going on about the crisis facing American importers, the Agriculture Transportation Coalition has submitted three legislative proposals to enforce the carriage of trade and excessive penalties U.S. importers are being charged by foreign carriers, American shipper has learned. The proposal was sent to the Federal Maritime Commission as well as representatives of the state and House committees that have jurisdiction over ocean shipping. Yeah, American shipper has reviewed the proposed uh, legislation, which includes the following amendment proposal. Now, there's much more details behind these things. It's very brief. Amended, amendment to gain enforcement of FMC's detention and demurrage rule to mm-hmm. get rid of those excessive demurrage uh, charges that are happening. An amendment to prioritize SMC's service to U.S. exporters, importers, and others. An amendment and amendment to maintain carriage of U.S. exports. This is a big deal to Ag TC. Communications yeah. its members, they've noted that agricultural exporters are averaging a loss of 22% of sales. Everything's going up. All this inflation is being propelled, and it's all due to supply chain shipping costs. It's, it's quite wild. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And reading through this article, and you got to go through the entire yeah, go thing through there. the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty important. It's it's kind of a reach, changing the appropriation of funds to focus on one thing rather than another is part of the issue that is there. But it's, it's it, there's a lot to it. Hey, it's time to play it forward. Let's talk to, we had our owner-operator Small Fleet Summit this week. Let's talk to a truck driver right now. It's Nathan Lewis. He's on the road, delayed by wind. I guess he's driving through a bad windstorm. He's a truck driver for Doug Andreas Distribution. Uh, Nate, how you doing today? And uh, you staying safe out there? What's going on with the wind? 
Oh, it was a little windy across Wyoming yesterday, but that's that's about normal there. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Where did you get this amazing apron that we're looking yeah. at? Now, we had to censor it for our broadcast <laughs> audience, but it says, I'll feed all of you uh, blank. Where did you get that one? Oh, my wife got me that for last year's Father's Day. <laughs> I don't know where she found it, but Man, yeah, I, it's, so, it's one of my favorites. I love it. I thought I those like Gene it. Simmons, Doc Martin creeper boots my wife got me for Father's Day last year were good, but you know maybe that apron has a top. I, I think together. Together. That's a hell of a Just outlet. the apron and the boots. Nothing. Oh, else. yeah. Together. Exactly. Yeah, that, Come see that, me at F3. I'll be yeah, that guy. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Okay, Nathan, what are we about to listen to right um, now? Uh, this is a song I wrote. Actually, I was broke down uh, waiting on uh, my truck to get fixed, sitting in a motel in St. Louis about a year and a half ago, and I wrote this one. It's uh, one of my originals called Keep Driving. All right. It's, let's uh, just uh, kind of a life from the seat, I guess. All right, we'll take a listen, then we'll, uh, we'll get the skinny on the song. So let's play the tape. Stephanie, so you did you say you wrote that like when you're stuck in traffic? I was sitting in a motel room waiting for uh, the dealership to fix my truck. <laughs> yeah, so you could get out there and keep driving. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I yeah, loved exactly. it. I, I loved it, Nathan. I, it felt like it was building and building and building. I wanted to jump in about halfway through with a really nice, just bring in the bass, just, just, just and get some, in there. Yeah, man, just start bringing oh. about halfway through there and get it rolling, man. Get that energy going. It was pretty good. The God's honest truth, that recording I did with Pro Tools on my laptop in the sleeper of my truck, borrowing company Wi-Fi out in our yard. So when I get a little better recording budget, I've, I've got bigger plans for it. <laughs> yeah, I use Pro Tools myself. It's, it's, some, it's some really good stuff. What's the axe you're using? What are you, what are you playing there? What's your favorite guitar? I got a, uh, it's an old Takamini G-Series I bought with a tax refund when I was about 19, so that's been a couple of years ago, but uh, it's, I love it. It's been a great guitar. No, those are really nice guitars. Those now, are really nice guitars. Now, you know, Nathan's not just a six-string samurai over there. He also <laughs> is on social media, and he's, he does a, uh, he does like a, a, a segment called uh, Trucking with Bob, and Bob is his dog. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Bob and, and these pictures you're taking of Bob going around the world as you truck. Oh, yeah, Bob's sitting right here. He he says hi. Uh, my kid kind of thought of that, actually. My my son is 14, and uh, he just 
thought it would be kind of fun if I got a picture of Bob everywhere we went. And so I've just been putting it on my social media pages, but it, it's a lot of fun. I just think he's, you know, everyone likes to see what he's up to. Yeah, he uh, he rides shotgun, so he, he gets his credit. Now, what, what kind of dog is he here? He's kind of like the roaming gnome, but what breed is that? I wish we knew. We call him a Muppet. We think he's the Muppet that didn't make the cut for the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we know he's half Lasso Opso, but the daughter's uh, Lasso Opso came home and had pups, and, uh, well, we got Bob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm you're obviously sure there's only one. You're obviously a proponent of having dogs in the cab, yeah. right? Tell us uh, what should people know about that. They want to get a dog and get it. Hey, this looks fun. I want to do this. What do they need to know? What's your advice? Oh, I say do it. it uh, I was kind of during the plague and that, you know, when there, there wasn't a lot of socialization with restaurants closed and that, I was, I was kind of losing it. And my wife remembered that our company had come out with a passenger policy, so she decided I should take Bob. And, yeah, now I wouldn't go without him. It's the best company in the world, you know. It, I think it's good for us to, you know, it, it gets you off your feet or on your feet a little bit. And, you know, it gives you a little something to do. And the company is just, it's well worthwhile. I would absolutely recommend bringing them. Now, Nathan, the most callers I ever had on a show back when we used to do the Sirius XM show was we did a show on dogs in the cab because I, I forget what company it was, but they banned having dogs yeah, in the cab. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So many drivers called in. They're like, you want to talk about driver turnover? Go ahead and ban my dog. I will be out of there before you know. You even send me the email. I'm not even sure how that's possible, like precognition <laughs> on banning dogs. But that's how strongly they felt about it. Yeah. Uh, do, do you feel the same way? Is Now that you are used to having the dog with you, is that paramount to you know your health and happiness on the road i really think i would say it is yeah i agree i mean, i i see some people i kind of wonder i don't know that i'd want to share this limited space with two large rottweilers or something but bob's bob's good size but yeah i, I think you know whatever makes you happy you should have one and you know that's just good company good protection and yeah i i definitely would have to have my dog now i think that's awesome. So, uh, Nathan, you used to operate heavy equipment in open pit mining operations, Ooh. right? Going through your stuff. Some really cool stuff. Blast hole drilling, right? Uh, the, all that type of stuff. So you and using dozers, big, big heavy equipment, that type of stuff. I'm interested. What advice What advice would you give uh, Phil Connors in Groundhog Day to uh, ensure he had a better outcome with his, his, his efforts to end his life there? Wait, what? Oh, the secret to... The secret to blasting is the stemming. You know, you, you got to pack the charge in. If you're just losing energy out the top of the hole if you don't if you don't stem it in right. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So, which one of those heavy equipment, that heavy duty equipment, is the most fun to drive? And also, what could get you in the most trouble? Oh, without a doubt, the D11 dozer. Ooh, what does that do? Ooh. Uh, it's the second biggest bulldozer made, I believe. But yeah, it's a, just a bulldozer, but it'll. I went to dig a trench one time. I thought I was going to be about two foot deep. And when I got out and looked it over, it was closer to 15 feet deep. So, yeah, they're, they're a big machine. <laughs> wow. 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 Wait, is that one of those, like, gigantic Tonka-sized ones that look just way too big to even operate? Yeah. When they when they transport them, it involves about three trucks to haul one of those. You know, you got to take them all apart. They're, they're huge. I believe the blade is, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's 24 feet wide and it's uh, I can just barely reach my hand over the top, and I'm five eight. So yeah, they're they're big. Well, well, Nathan, wow. before we let you go, what are you pulling right now? Where are you headed to? I just dropped a load of cardboard at our our company headquarters in Idaho Falls, and now I'm going to go back and get a load of potatoes going out to Des Plaines, Illinois. 
Beautiful. Well, nice. Sounds nice. Drive safe, safe out there. Thank you for sharing your track with us. If people want to hear more of your music or follow the Trucking with Bob series, where should we send them to? I'm on all the streaming platforms. I have two songs uh, finished that are on streaming under Nate Lewis or Nate Lewis Music on Facebook or ReverbNation.com forward slash Nate Lewis. Hey, hey, thanks again for joining us. Have a great weekend and stay safe out there. Hey, thank you. You guys stay safe and dry down there. We'll talk to you again. Thank yes. you, guys. Say thanks, hi to Nathan. Bob for us. Good stuff. Nate's a good guy. I've, he's also a good follow on Twitter if you guys are, are Twitter users. I am, too. At Timothy Dooner. Find me. D-O-O-N-E-R. Hey, our next guest. So I first saw her, this okay. lovely woman who's coming on, Shay Dixon. She's the CEO of Allegiant Logistics. I first saw her on Put That Coffee Down. She's talking to Kevin Hill. She crushed it. She brought uh, an awesome following along with her. If you see any of her posts, she's a very strong voice in not just the African-American community, but in the female community as well. And as, as amongst 3PL leaders, she's really transcending all three different vibes. I believe this is going to be an awesome conversation. So let's not waste any time. Let's bring Shay right up. Shay, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday. Thank you for having me. Shay, you I'm are definitely looking forward to it. Now, okay, so you're in the ATL. And at first glance, I was like, oh, Atlanta girl, you know, deep south, that whole thing. But actually, you're from Philly originally. You're up in the Northeast like me. Yes. So I grew up um, in Devon, Berwyn area, went to high school there. We moved to New Jersey because my dad was a teacher, a Latin teacher. Uh, We moved to Cherry Hill. So all of my first experiences are in the Northeast. You know, it's it's really different than Georgia. That's what I will say. It's it's really different. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I'm from the North myself, Shay. So Shay, give us the the elevator pitch on uh, Allegiant Logistics. Yeah, so we are a growing third-party logistics company down here in South Metro Atlanta. We focus on moving high-value cargo, so we're mostly supporting the aerospace, retail, and manufacturing industries here in Georgia and in the Southeast. So anything on a flatbed or now power-only and drive-in, that's really what we handle. We can basically get it moved for you and get capacity and get some carrier relationships going down here in the Southeast, so... Now, you found, you founded this arm in June of 2020, right at the height of the pandemic. Why start a logistics company during, uh, during that time? So my business partners actually founded their business in 2016, and they were transporting people, doing airport shuttles, mostly moving freight on sprinters. So the business was already established. We just decided to start a new division because when COVID starts, we couldn't do anything with people, no kids. Um, you know, we were just trying to figure out how we could pivot. And this was the best way. There was a lot of opportunity. We realized um, here in Georgia, especially in the aerospace industry, uh, you know, uh, almost $9.98 billion worth of aerospace products were exported in 2020 out of Georgia. So we saw the opportunity and we just went in and it has really, really paid off. There's a lot of a lot of cargo being moved, obviously, right? There's, I mean, capacity is incredibly tight. What you specialize, you said, in high value in the aeronautics and that type of stuff. Why? What made you key on that segment in particular? So I really wanted to find a niche that I didn't see a lot of people that look like me. For one, um, for two, I love airplanes. We have a lot of people that are connected to us who are in the industry and that kind of guided us along the way. 
Um, when I started to research different commodities, I found myself just more um, enthralled. You know, I'm learning about thrust reversers. I'm learning about fan cows. And it was very interesting to me. So I went with what I could be passionate about, what I wanted to learn about, what my team wanted to learn about. And it started there and it just grew. Um, I also went with the manufacturing sectors here in Georgia. So aerospace is the second largest manufacturing uh, sector. So when you're looking at numbers, why not go for what there's a plethora of where you are? So I really just use the data that we had available um, for what type of freight has moved in Georgia. And that really, really kind of helped me hone in on what our niche was going to be. Shay, if you're a black leader or a black founder in freight, it seems like these days Atlanta is like the Silicon Valley of that. There's so many groups coming together and supporting their people. We've talked to like the Hope Whites of the world, the Pierre Lagares of the world, uh, a lot of strong collective and support. Are you seeing that that same thing? Most certainly. Um, when we first started, we took a class with Hope. Um, Hope, you know, helped us get introduced into this market here because my business partners are from Detroit. Um, so we definitely got acclimated with uh, the Georgia community. It is a large community. Um, anything goes with community. There's always opportunities for us to continue to learn and grow. And I think that's really where I see the community is at now, right? Everybody is starting brokerages, starting transportation companies. And I think after they get, you know, a couple months in, they're realizing, okay, we need additional support. We need more resources. We need more education. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in this market here. Yeah, so Shay, uh, you're also a mom to some some fairly young kids, and during COVID, you know that became a, a difficult thing for many people. And you decided to start a business at the same time. What were some of those challenges? How did you manage starting the company and doing this with with kids during the COVID? So it was really challenging, but we have an awesome support group. Um, I am not a team of one. I rely heavily on my executive leadership team, the four of us. So Larry, Teese, and Demetrius and myself, um, we all have different skill sets. So I really focused on figuring out what each person's lane was going to be. And then we stayed in it. So I was able to utilize my gifts, right? So it didn't feel like I was working, right? We started off in my business partner's basement with all of our kids running around answering the phone in between, the phone's ringing um, on the transportation side, on the brokerage side. So we really just made it work. There was no time for excuses. There's no time for, you know, what was me. We really just focused on what we could do moving forward to keep things going. Now, you had this great interview in South Atlanta Moms, and they asked you, we all have that mom job that we dislike doing. Uh, what is your least favorite mom job? And you answered, I do not enjoy washing dishes or folding laundry. My goal is to build my business lucrative enough to outsource those tasks to a third-party company. So have you outsourced those tasks yet, Shay? I have. So I have someone that co comes in and cleans once a week. Um, we also have someone that assists us with our kids. They just finished virtual school. So I was the mom that chose to found to find a virtual learning center for my children to go to during the day um, because I'm not a great teacher. Um, I can teach you how to move freight. So my kids know all, if we're driving down the highway, they can tell you what a flatbed is, a container. They know every equipment. 
Um, but in terms of the actual school, I leave it up to the professionals. So I, I'm working on outsourcing more. Um, I am actively working. So we're focusing now on adding more employees to our team. So I'll have to wait for like an actual housekeeper, but it's coming. Just, just know it's coming. <laughs> that, that's awesome stuff. <laughs> so Shay, you also wrote and you write a lot of inspirational things, actually, little insights into yourself. But you, you wrote like if you, don't li- if you don't like where you're at, get up and work harder and work as hard as you possibly can and make things change. change take control of your like make things change. You're very persistent. You're, you're very on fire every day to get things done. How do you keep that, that fire going and what, what advice you give others to keep that fire going every day? Yeah. So when I was young, my dad's a Latin teacher and he used to say carpe diem. And he Mm. would tell me every day, seize the day, just go for it. And I've lived with that. I also have had um, the first uh, cold chain company I worked for. um, They, my supervisor there, his name's Tom. um, He just was really, really hard on me. And he pushed me and he always used to tell me, you know, if you stay hungry, if you stay humble and you keep working smart, things will pay off for you. And I, that really stuck with me. And I've, you know, just (laughs) use that motto to everyone that I come in contact with, everything that I touch or do. I just try to stay really hungry. I try to be humble, do what I have to do. Even if it's um, beneath what my title is, I'm still doing it. Um, and I, and I work smart and I think those things have really, really benefited me, um, in getting it this far in my brokerage in life too. You also don't work smart. Sometimes you said the hardest thing as an entrepreneur is taking time off from work. And I, I see this great video of you on a boat right here. Let's roll this thing. Where are you headed on this boat and what's going on here? That's working smart. That's working smart, right? That's a smart way to work right there. Someone's looking good out there. <laughs> My husband told me that I had to stop working so much. It was our second wedding anniversary. Um, and he took me to Miami and he said, we are going to take a break. You've been building the business this whole entire year. It's time for a break. And I actually really enjoyed myself. So I love to fish and go out on the water. So this was us out on the water in Miami. And it was amazing. I was going to say that didn't look like Lake Alatoona outside of uh, uh, Atlanta. No, no, the port of Philadelphia. No, the swamp, the Susquehanna. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you got a really good team there. Can you give us uh, your philosophy on team building? And uh, you know, are you seeing any difficulty in, in in growing your business right now in this hiring market? Yes. So for us, uh, the most important thing was for us all to really be transparent about what our strengths are and our weaknesses are. So we develop our weaknesses and, you know, we kind of follow the model of iron sharpens iron. So we push each other and kind of uh, develop our skills from us first and then build it out. Um, So we've started to add broker agents. We just uh, added Mr. Drayton. So he's going to be over our intermodal division because we're having a lot of opportunity there with us being so close to the port. Um, And we also have a gentleman, Mr. Freeman. He's our business development manager. So I think the most challenging thing for us is uh, finding dispatchers, um, finding people that have the same work ethic 
um, and being able to cultivate that. So if you're listening and you work hard and you want somewhere to start and, you know, grow with and get good training, we're Allegiant Logistics is for you. Email me. Well, part of building your team isn't just the people inside the house. You also need a carrier network, right? You mentioned Mm -hmm. you start out moving people with sprinter vans, but now you need carriers. You need you need partners to move some of this high end gear. And you shared this story on LinkedIn about an incident that happened over Memorial Day where someone called about a load. Their information didn't match uh, safer watch. Their insurance was almost about to expire and you couldn't verify things. What should um, what what should customers look out for? What should other three PLs look out for, especially newer companies that may not be as experienced with some of these cargo theft scams that are going on? Yeah, just do your due diligence. Um, I get it. We're always in a rush. We're always under pressure. We're trying to get things moved as quick as possible. We all know we're only as good as our last load. But take your time. Have diligence process. My team has a checklist that they have to go to, through that. Make sure that they're they're checking simple things. The email, who are you talking to? Do they have authorization to even book a load with you? I think that a lot of shippers um, sometimes with the need to just get the freight out as quickly as possible, they overlook some of the most important things. Like, have you actually looked up this brokerage? So making sure they're compliant, even from a broker standpoint, I've had brokers who their bond was not no longer active and they're still trying to move freight. So you have to be really, really careful from both sides as a carrier and as a broker, even working with shippers. I've turned down shippers because they didn't pass a credit check. And I, before I'm even giving you a quote, I'm, I'm making sure I can do a credit check, making sure you can pay us for whatever we do. Oh, yeah, that's that's a very, very smart philosophy to make. Don't take those chances on on extending that credit to, to different people. So, you know, we're talking about rates right now. Rates are through the roof and people, mini, you know, mini bids and all this other kind of stuff like like that, Shay. So what is your philosophy on, on negotiating rates with carriers and with and with shippers? And 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 do you actually is it true you actually enjoy that process? I do enjoy that process. I feel like it's the best part. Um, Honestly, I am in a position to help my carriers, but also help my shippers. And in this market, I love the opportunity to actually get fair wages for my carriers because I'm seeing my carriers finally be able to thrive, finally get past that point where they're just barely making ends meet. Um, I'm seeing to where they can add additional equipment. They're growing their fleets. And it's because rates are fair right now. And so what I'm doing is educating the shipper. So more so I realize like, 70% of the shippers I speak to, while they may have knowledge of the industry from a manufacturing standpoint, they're not really abreast on what's going on uh, in the the market, especially in their area. So I try to educate them and kind of get them to understand why the rates are. Um, And then I try to leverage my relationship with the carriers so that the shippers are not going out of business. So I find it like a very unique spot and I feel like I'm constantly problem solving and I enjoy that. You know, Shay, you mentioned family a lot and, and connecting with family. And I know in your your own story, your own journey, you uh, recently reconnected with your mother after some period of time. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that's helped define your thought process in business and I guess how you regard others in family? Most certainly. So I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I went into the foster care system when I was about six. 
Um, I hadn't had any contact with any of my birth family and I found them on Facebook about three years ago. So I'm still starting to meet many of them. Um, but for me, family is the most important thing. Our business is family owned and operated. Um, you know, both my business partners, uh, they're married as well. It's, we're two married couples. Um, and we're trying to impact and change the lives of not only our families, but the carriers that we come in contact with, like they have families that they go home to, they need freight that's going to keep their business profitable. They need opportunities that they may not be able to get themselves. So I always feel like I'm helping another family get further and go further. Um, and, and so family means a lot to me. It's, it's really, really important because I know what it feels like to not have that family. So I'm grateful that I grew up, um, you know, I was adopted and I grew up in a very affluent area. Um, so I feel like that helped me a lot because I can understand the perspective from everyone, right? So I talk to women, I talk to minorities, um, and I'm able to, uh, you know, relate to them and kind of help them along the way. So whether it's a carrier that just needs to tighten up and get their business in order, or whether it's another broker or a young lady that I'm mentoring, um, I think that my story resonates with them so I can kind of motivate them. And that's why I always share my personal stories, because I want people to understand if me, a six-year-old child that was an orphan, can make it into the CEO of a growing premier woman-owned 3PL, anyone can do it. And I, and I hope that resonates with people. And that's why I try to talk about family and my journey so much. No, I mean, it does with me. And, I, you know, it almost oh, makes man. me feel emotional. My, one of my sons is six years old right now. And, you know, I was a six-year-old at one time. But I, I kind of think about him and, like, wow, if we got disconnected now, it would be so devastating to, to, to the both of us. So, like, hearing your story, it's, it's, very, um, it's very empowering and it's very eye-opening. And, and oh, hey, yeah. i got to give you a little cowbell. I mean, God, God bless you. There you go. Yeah. God bless you. And great, great words. And it's, it, I can see why you were so uh, adamant about getting her on the show. Yeah, it's sure. really, really tremendous stuff and really looking forward to what is going to come next from Allegiant. Can you can you speak to that? What's what's next from Shay and what's next from Allegiant? What's the future? Yes. So the future is right now we are building out our asset based portion. So we're trying to uh, continue to get equipment, continue to get drivers, continue to create opportunities for other people in our community to go to driving school, to get their CDLs and to get into a truck. Uh, we also are working towards working with some of the local colleges and the high schools to expose other people, especially minorities that may not have been exposed to the opportunities and logistics and to get them in there, get, get more more, uh, get more people um, exposed to all that freight has to offer. So we're looking forward to it and we're excited about where we're going. So I really appreciate you for even speaking with me about my journey. And I hope um, that anyone listening, you know that you're capable of amazing things. It's just going to require work. And just because you're a woman, just because you're a minority, well, whoever you are, um, I want you to understand that nothing will be handed to you, that you need to work for everything. And if you work really, really hard, um, you'll get far and you'll get the opportunities that we have. So, Amen. Hey, time Amen. to spin the wheel, Amen. make the deal, run that thing around. Yeah, man, now the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> get it around. Wheel time. of stupid. Wheel of stupid question time coming up. Let's, wherever it lands, <laughs> oh, nobody this knows. this is perfect. All right, what do we yeah, got How for fortuitous. It? I don't know if you know this, but okay. one of one of Shay's favorite places to eat is Fat Boy's Food Truck. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, oh. absolutely. It's a great <laughs> place. So here's the question, Shay. If Fat Boy's Food Truck made a Shay Dixon sandwich, what would be on it? 
it would be barbecue sauce, cheese, bacon, and grilled onions sauteed well. I don't like them raw. Yeah. Oh, wow. Throw the bread away, and our next guest could put uh, in their, their keto diet. Shay, thank thank you so much. People want to connect with you online. They want to learn more about the company. Where should we send them to? Yeah, so you can connect with me at Shaylin Dixon on all social media sites and at Allegiant Logistics on all sites. We definitely look forward to connecting with you if you're a carrier or if you're looking for someone to move your freight. Looking forward to it. Hey, come out here November 8th to 10th and see us at F3. It's going to be the biggest in-person yeah. event in freight. Come see us. I plan on being there. Thank so. you. We'll catch up with you there. Hey, anyway, everyone else, you want to catch up with us there? You want that golden ticket? You don't have to buy a chocolate bar. You just got to go to live.freightwaves.com, <laughs> put in promo code, click on F3, put in promo code WTT, save yourself 200 bucks with that promo code, then buy yourself 200 and choc- chocolate bars. Yeah, that's right. right. You don't have to fight Grandpa Joe. You don't have to fight Grandpa. What a loud... <laughs> that guy, too. Did you see that? He laid in bed for years, right? Getting bed sores. He risked bed sores. That's right. And then they get the ticket. He's immediately dancing yeah, around. Yeah, you could, Oh, man, now I can dance. Not even Get like, right up and ride Charlie's coattails all the way to the top of the candy industry. He didn't even have, like, the nice guy decency where you're like, you really want to go, but you're like, ah, oh, you should go instead to yeah, someone else. Just, yeah, no, you should go. Not instead. at all. None of that. No, not like, even the empty uh, promise or gar- a question. A garbage yeah, yeah, man yeah, you yeah, are. No. Garbage. No. All right. Again, we'd like to thank our friends at Legend Transportation for sponsoring today's episode. Legend partners with strategic customers while providing seamless solutions for its drivers. It is West Regional's premier freight transportation company. Learn more at Tell Them Dude. Oh, man. NewLegendInc.com. Go there immediately after the show. All right. Our next guest is awesome. It's Lakeisha Martin. She's an owner-operator. She's the author of the book, The Her Method. She's teaching drivers how to defend themselves. And she, maybe she'll teach me a move or two on how to take you out, pal. All right, Lakeisha, <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us today. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me and providing the space. You're not going to help him uh, take me out, are you, Lakeisha? <laughs> no, no, I am no. going to teach all how to defend themselves, not to attack one another. <laughs> there now, you go. Gray Sharky has, I like that. It's very Miyagi Do versus Cobra yeah, yeah, Kai, absolutely. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Gray Sharky, she introduced us. She wrote this great article. And this article starts out with this story this story that you are at a rest stop. Over oh, the intercom, God, they call yeah. you to go to a shower. You go in there. Tell us about it. Bring us back in that moment. What happened? Well, I am uh, a person who likes to make sure that I reach a truck stop before the sun goes down for safety reasons for myself to go inside. And on this particular day, you know, trucking happens. What the truck, right? (laughs) And so I didn't get there (laughs) until really late. And so it was already dark and I go in and um, as they call my name for a shower, I go down the long shower hallway. And if you've never been in a truck stop before, you know, those hallways are really long, but they're really desolate and really quiet because only people back there are people taking a shower so when i went down the hallway i heard this you know just gut-wrenching noise and as i approached my shower door i saw a door adjacent and there was a woman that was lying there and she had been physically and sexually assaulted and had been lying on the floor for about four and a half hours before anyone before i came along and discovered her um and it turned out that she had been sexually assaulted Um, based on the fact that she was just having a conversation with what she thought was another driver in the driver's lounge. Mm. And when her number was called, he in turn saw that the shower stalls were, you know, hallway was empty and that she was going that way. And he followed her down the hallway and she was not aware that she should be aware because I guess he's just going to get a shower too. Right. 
And he forced his way into the shower and sexually assaulted her there on the floor. And I had to um, call and have the ambulance come. And I, I accompanied her to the hospital. And at that moment, I really, really realized that there were a lot of not only just women, but truck drivers alone that, that are not aware of the dangers of predators that intentionally prey on over-the-road truck over the road truck drivers. And it compelled me to write a book to be able to give them situational and self-awareness skills that I teach in the book called the HER Method, which stands for Heed, Execute, and Respond, so that you have a system of situational and self-awareness while delivering or traveling even on the highways across the country. That's awesome, Lakeisha. So that's the incident that inspired the book. Can you go into that book a little bit and tell us a little bit more about what, what is in there and what it's going to teach us? Actually, it teaches the three methods. I like to teach in acronyms because it's easy for your body to remember. So mind, muscle, memory, right? So the H-E-R, because I wanted to dedicate it to her because it was that her that inspired me to write the book. But the H stands for heed, which means it's to, like when you get those little hairs in the back of your arm that stick up, pay attention. You know, you have a natural alarm system for a reason. And then there's execute, have a plan, put the plan, um, put the plan together ahead of time. So you have a plan of escape or a plan of protection and, um, uh, to respond. So when you're in the situation, you notice it, you have a plan, execute the plan immediately. Don't think twice, make sure you, um, the best thing is to put time, space, and distance in between you and your predator. So the more you can increase your safety zone, the better you are. So your response is very, very important. So I teach you three steps, heat, execute, and respond where it comes to your body, your personal, your parking, your showers, and every aspect of what you would need to do over the highway. There's a system under heat, execute, and respond that you can follow, and that'll become like muscle memory because you do it over and over again. Now, you've studied martial arts and call yourself a weapon specialist. So what types of training have you had and what kind of weapons are you proficient in? I'm a weapon specialist. While I was a weapon specialist, I've moved away from my martial arts as I've gotten older. But when you uh, participate in um, uh, co- uh, in different kinds of competitions, there's always the, the sparring and then there's always the kata or what they call the movements that show the movements of your style. For me, my katas were always specialized in weapons. So um, I'm specialized in the two crescent stars as well as the bamboo stick and nunchucks. But um, for, for me, I was considered a weapon specialist because anytime that I would go into a competition, I would be entered in not only the kata version or the forms, but also in the forms version of displaying the weapons that are used in that particular uh, kata. Can, can you, can a driver carry like Chinese stars to, to throw up? Cause you can't carry guns. I mean, it's hard to defend yes, yourself you as a driver. Stop telling, the, stop telling people you can't carry your gun. That's not true. Well, where you can't cross state lines in a lot of states, right? Yes, you can. It you depends. Can. I, I am a weapons professional, so I, I am proficient in firearms as well. And I do have a concealed weapons license. So all you have to do is you have to know that the Second Amendment trumps everything. The Second Amendment trumps every state law, every local law, uh, because the federal law itself trumps all. So my Second Amendment allows me to carry my firearm across any state or U.S. owned providence as long as it's being carried with me. My vehicle then becomes my domicile. So they cannot prevent me from crossing state lines. Now, 
whether you're a company driver or your owner operator and what do you know about how you can carry your firearm per particular state is up to you to self-educate mm. yourself. In other words, in Florida, if you're carrying your firearm in your car, you have to have what's called like the three uh, step movement where you got to it can't be on your lap. It has to be in a glove box where you have to open the glove box and then get your firearm. So you have to take three steps to get to your firearm and you're illegally transporting your firearm. In some states, your ammunition has to be locked in a separate box, mm -hmm. separate from your firearm. So as long as you know the laws and the rules on how to carry your firearm and you're not breaking any rules of your carrier and if you're an operator, you can carry your weapons um, across state. Now, why can't they? So at the yeah. at the truck stops, I mean, a lot of this stuff could be preventative, right? Yeah. I mean, let, let's just say for for whatever reason you can't carry a gun, be it by the the your company driver. Yeah, your company or doesn't allow it. Right. The, you're you're going into a state with stringent, you know, laws, and you yeah. don't want to risk it. So you have to defend yourself. But can't they even start at the truck stop with them doing things like not announcing? Can't they just give you a number for the shower instead of having to say your name? Because that seems like it would put females at risk. Yeah, it puts everyone at risk, actually. And um, my thing is, is that my idea, there are some truck stops, some of the big name chains, where you can book your shower from inside your truck through an app. And when you book it through the app, it's kind of like when you go to Applebee's, right? And they give you that little buzzer. You think you're a doctor, you get a beeper, right? Yay, my food's done. <laughs> I really feel like what they can do is they can do the same thing to where they have the shower and it buzzes your phone through an app to tell you your shower is available and what shower number you're going to. The reason why they implemented the um, the over to the PA system to begin with is because a lot of drivers are mul we're multitasking, right? We're fueling, we're eating, we're doing our laundry. So no matter where you are in the the truck stop, you can hear that your shower is, is ready, right? So you can multitask, which is a great idea. But they can alleviate the fact that it says um, the driver number. It can say the driver number, but alleviate. Uh, which driver stall you're going to, or just saying, uh, driver, check your app, your 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 red, your shower's ready, things of that sort. That can be implemented by the truck stop easily by two clicks of a button. So let me ask you something. So I'm going to the shower, right? And Michael Vincent, <laughs> go wide on this for a second so I can demonstrate this. Michael Vincent, put your hand on my shoulder. Oh, okay. I'm walking down the hallway. All right. Right. I'm just right here. Just right here. All right. What can I right do? Right there. What can I do? That you use, you use leverage and power against them. So what you would do is take your right hand and you would hold against his wrist and then you would step back and push your butt into his torso, thereby knocking him off. And then you could either flip him over or turn him out and then you can free <laughs> your, and then you can free it. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta be standing, you kinda gotta be standing up so you got more leverage. But yes, that's the concept. I was going to say the only thing he really could do is cower in fear at that point. We were like two well, hippos I, in what, mating season. What I, <laughs> what I normally do is tell what I normally do is tell them if they don't have a good grip, run like how. Because the point is to put the distance yeah. between not fight. You, the fighting is the last resort if you have no choice because they have you in your grips. But if you follow the HER method, it prevents them from even getting that close to you because our ultimate goal is to survive, to live, and to escape. I, I think Lakeisha should be the uh, truck driving superhero. She's a truck driver. <laughs> she's been doing it forever. She's a martial arts weapons specialist. And she's writing books. She's an author. And, and, she's an and she can uh, teach you about keto on the road, my friend. You got a new book coming out, don't you? I, okay, I just tapped out because I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I was trying to do vegetarian keto. It was really hard. I felt like... Too many things that I was eating had like uh, like sugar alcohols and like fake sweetener in it and stuff like that. I had to tap yes. out, but you have it's a book, hard. so maybe I can. Actually, 
my my I'm an I'm a truck driver advocate, right? And my branding is called Trucker's Life, and that's spelled T R U C K E R S. L-Y-F-E. So what I do is I advocate for truckers in all what we call different lanes, pun intended, because there are different lanes in where we can grow and thrive. So the herd method is about safety and self-awareness. But keto on the road is about the fact that 80% of truck drivers are considered overweight, obese, right? But we're required by the DOT to pass a physical in order to maintain our employability while be putting into a situation where our work environment puts us in a food desert. So it made it very difficult that the system was set against us. So I started following the ketosis lifestyle. And from that, I realized that I couldn't meal prep. I couldn't set my stuff aside. I couldn't cook in my truck. I'm an over-the-road truck driver, but I'm a driveway driver. So I don't even own a truck. I don't have a microwave. I don't have anything. So how can I maintain my keto over the, over the road? So I wrote a system called Keto Over the Road. And yes, it's, called, it's coming out on the 15th. This is the book. There it's it is. called Keto OTR. And what it is is how I lost 100 pounds as an over-the-road truck driver. Wow. And it teaches truck drivers that you don't have to you, man against the machine. You don't have to feel like you're going to get fired just based on what you ate for dinner last night. So I give them steps on how to maintain the state of ketosis while over the road and traveling. And it's not just for truck drivers. It's for busy travelers that have to drive, travel at all, like pilots, stewardess. Uh, rail workers, busy executives who cannot meal prep, but they want to be in ketosis and they want to be in the safest part. So the Keto Over the Road book explains how I lost the 100 pounds and it gives them step-by-step guides on how to stay in ketosis. They're going to come along with workbooks that you can pick that's specifically for your job. Truck stop yep. edition, airport edition. Like if you go out into Applebee's, I can tell you exactly what to pick off of the menu down to the calories, the macros, the ketosis level and everything without you even thinking about it. All you have to do is open your workbook and it's there. Yeah, but then wow. you're eating at Applebee's. No, just kidding. Sorry, Applebee's. Oh, look yeah, at that. You know. <laughs> We're out of time in the segment, but where do we send people who, may, who want to get this book? Gourmet meal. One, the book will be available on Amazon.com on, 15th, on the 15th of June for pre-sales. Nice. And it will be available for full sale on June the 20th. You can also go to truckerslife.com. That's T-R-U-C-K-E-R-L-Y-F-E, truckerslife. Dot com and all of my my things will be available there, including the Her Method book, which you can purchase also, which is available now on Amazon. Thank Just type my name in, Lakeisha Martin. Thank you once again. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Thank you for sharing that story with us and everyone out there. You know, follow that Her Method. Stay safe out Amen. there. Take it Thank easy. you, Lakeisha. All right, now time for a little good news, bad news. Ooh. Time for a little good news, bad news. It's a good news, time bad news. Time for a little good news, bad news. All right. No bumper? Okay, never mind. We'll skip already the got it done, man. You I all know it. it in your head. Sing it. along. This is like when we put the mic to the crowd. Do the <laughs> all right. Good news. Selena 52 Truck Stop has gone viral for posting a picture of a woman who looks strikingly like Amy Schumer. Yeah, a few much. weeks prior, they posted a picture of a trucker who looked a little too much like Phil Kessel. Well, <laughs> the story starts on June 9th <laughs> when Selena tweeted that who says only men can drive tr- trucks? Big rig driver Amelia stepped in this morning to turn in her cranking the hog reward points and redeem this brand new mini fridge valued at over $500 due to the Monster Energy branding. And uh, there's the lady that a lot of people on social media, including Amy Schumer herself, commenting on this um but it turns out right yeah the bad news is that this is all just uh it's it's you know it's like the onion 
It's the onion of truck stops. It is the onion of, stru- of truck stops. <laughs> <laughs> if this didn't tell you, prize winner Amelia wanted us to point out that her teardrop tattoo is not because she murdered anyone. No, she accidentally killed a pedestrian once after falling asleep at the wheel and got the tattoo to honor their memory. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, actually, I wish we had a picture of Phil. I like we do hair. have a picture of Phil. Do we have it? Yeah, we do. Let's see. There's <laughs> another one here. This guy, it said, congrats to There he is. That's the guy. <laughs> this is how I first found This is the first picture I'd ever seen from them. And yeah. then I was like, huh. That's the one. And I shared it with someone. They're like, that's Phil Kessel, you idiot. Um, congratulations. It says, congratulations <laughs> to Phil on being our trucker of the month for April. He finally stopped in today on his way through and claimed his prize, which was 50% off a can of Copenhagen. Thank you for your service and keep dumping them loads. Keep dumping we those loads. Our truckers, Danny, the day shift manager. For some reason, they even took a shot about Harry Potter hating Ohio. I, I love that shirt. I'm from Ohio, but I love yeah. that. It's so random. Harry Potter hates it. That's <laughs> great. So here's some bad news, my friend. You've been waiting over a year to finally take a trip to Sydney, Australia. Your plane is starting to make the approach to what you think is Sydney International Airport. That's when you notice a sign, a huge sign on top of a building that says, <laughs> Welcome to Perth, Uh-oh. which is like the furthest point. In Australia from Sydney, man. You can't get further away. But here's the good news, man. According to News Hub, it was all just a prank that one warehouse owner wanted to play on unsuspecting travelers. Get this. He spent about $3,600 in paint, U.S. money. Are you sure that prank isn't really on, like, the tax officials of the Australian government as he launders money into paintings? No, I don't know. But anyways, he did that. You know, there's there's one of those in Milwaukee, too, that I saw once from a plane that says, welcome to Cleveland, actually. Wow. (laughs) Welcome to Perth. Okay, so bad news. And this is a crazy video we're going to look at here. This oh, is man. You're sitting in traffic in your Greenfield pavement coatings truck in Clarksville, Tennessee, on your way to pour yet another driveway. That's when this happens. A dump truck crossed the center line and Ooh. smashed right into you. I mean, that's brutal looking, right? Golly, man, yeah. No, that's tough. That is rough. Guess what? I started this with bad news, though. And whenever something like that happens, we start with bad news. You know there's going to be good news. Yeah. Right. So the good news is the company said in Facebook post on Monday that one of our trucks was involved in a serious accident today. An accident started uh, in oncoming traffic, which caused a triaxle dump truck to cross the center line. It hit our driver head on. Thank God no one was seriously injured. Thanks to Clarksville's amazing police fire and EMS and our heroes at the military recruiting office who rushed the scene and cut the driver out of the truck. Trucks are replaceable. And you look at some of that damage. It's not good. No, it's not good. And if you keep watching that video, you can see those guys from the military recruiting that are breaking through that. Yeah, window, yeah. Do we cut that off too short? We have yeah. the end of that video. It's pretty cool. They rip the um, they rip the. Yeah, here, here they, they come. come. Right here they are. Yeah, right they're ripping they just, the shield right they off. Rip they, this re- they, windshield off and get this person out of here, man. No, yeah, that's those responders that they no were. No fear, no nothing. These guys just know what Imagine to do. Imagine being in there. Golly, bung. If I was in there and I saw that, I'd be like, thank the Lord for these right guys, right, man. All right, I got some good news, my friend. You're hanging out in Buckinghamshire, UK. Wow, right? I traveled this episode. <laughs> when, you, when you spot an exotic yellow bird that smells strangely of Indian food, I don't know why that part's the good news, but it is. You yeah. like Indian food, right? Well, and you, you like know, strange. the photo could be on National Geographic. Maybe you're just a connoisseur of exotic, strange birds that smell like Indian food. Maybe I don't know, but it's good news. And you, maybe your iPhone will take a photo, then I'll go Viral or wind up on National Geographic, yeah. right? Here's say? the bad news, my friend. According to Facebook post from Tiggy Winkles Wildlife Hospital, <laughs> that's right, Tiggy Winkles Wildlife Hospital, been there many times. The bird, uh, where the bird was taken, it was just a seagull, my friend, who had fallen into a vat of oh. curry. 
Oh, I think uh, we have a picture of this bird, too. Yeah, there, it there, there, there it is. There it is. So uh, we've cleaned him up, and he is doing well with no upset tummy. Hopefully, he'll stick to a much more bland diet, maybe keto, I don't know. In the future, Lucy Kells, a veterinary nurse, told CNN. I, so, a little go. humor over at the, from the, the vets over at Tiggy Winkles as well. I mean, the bad news is also the good news. The seagull's fine and yeah. stuff like that. But the bad news is that picture you took of that uh, strange bird, not so... It still uh, kind of went viral. So it made it well, to what the truck. It still went viral, yeah. didn't it? Yes, it still it went viral, if you think yeah. about it. I guess we... Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, we got one last one here before we send you into the weekend. So it's 3.30 a.m. Good, good news. 3.30 a.m. in Spring Hill, Florida. You get an early start of the day. This, I mean, this could also be... Why are you up at 3.30 a.m.? I don't know. You're shipping yeah. out packages, right? You got a job. You got to ship you out packages. You got to get it done. Maybe you're an over-the-road driver. Maybe you're, you're an over-the-road driver. Maybe you're the key day. You're getting after it. But you get to the, you get to, and because it's a Florida story, you imagine what's going to show up now. Well, <laughs> guy not goes Flo- in it's there. It's not Florida, man. He's Spoiler dropping alert. his package off, and there's a freaking alligator on duty. Look uh, at this thing. Look at that alligator, <laughs> right? He was, uh, Hernando County Sheriff's deputies responded to the U.S. Post Office facility located on 8501 Philatelic Road in Spring Hill, referenced that seven-foot alligator. He was just roaming around the lobby there after hours at 3.30 in the morning. Um, the alligator, he was observed by that patron who came to the post office to mail that package. Um, the post office location features automatic double doors that allow entrance into the lobby, so they're thinking that it wasn't a worker who stayed past duty. It was no. just the alligator had just wandered in there. A uh, trapper responded and uh, removed the alligators. And it seems like alligators just show up all the time in Florida, don't they? Yeah, yeah. No, you just assume there's going to be one wherever you are, I think, is the best best thing to do yeah. <laughs> in Florida, no matter where you're at. That's hey, this has, been a, this has been a fun episode. Thank you so much to uh, to Shay, to Lakeisha, and to Nate for sharing their stories, their journeys, their music, and uh, even some self-defense moves. Now, anytime you try to creep on me, I know how to flip you. You can flip me right on. I, over, I think the key is attack. Hey, Monday, I'm super excited for Monday's show. One of my favorite people on LinkedIn, Sarah Scooter, is going to be on. She is oh. the queen of packaging. She does all these packaging call-outs on bad packaging versus good packaging. We're going to get into it, you know. Pay more and more for space. The better you can save, the better you can do for sustainability and the environment. Stay tuned for that one. That's going to be fantastic. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you on the other side of it. Live.freightways.com to get those F3 tickets. Find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Look up What the Truck. Download Freightways to app and watch our faces. Follow me on Twitter at Timothy Duna. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Hey, tell him how to be this weekend. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere, people.